2: Alrighty folks, welcome back in. This is our first guest on the Action Line this morning, joining us from the American Red Cross, Emily Gerard. We're going to be talking disaster preparation. Emily, good morning.
0: Good morning and thank you for having me on.
2: Absolutely. So this is a, a pretty timely interview as we were just talking about. We had the tornado warnings the other day and you know here across Middle Tennessee every year we get some bizarre weather uh, depending on how much and where that exactly differs. But folks need to be ready for that, for tornadoes, for things like that, for flooding and not just that but home fires, things like that. So we're going to cover a couple different topics this morning but disaster preparation kind of our uh, overall topic
0: yes so disaster preparation um you know there used to be seasons for uh different weather related events in tennessee and that is kind of going by the wayside we're seeing um you know a lot more flooding this year with the with the rain and then also with the tornado um watches that we had the other day. And so it's really important to be to have your family prepared. So we, uh, the Red Cross has a program called Be Red Cross Ready. You can look it up on YouTube or you can call into the um, Murfreesboro office and uh, we can set up presentations for that. But what Be Red Cross Ready means is to prepare a kit for each member of your family. And that's even with your furry friends. Um, so it's making sure that you have a gallon of water person um, per day in your family for drinking purposes and hygiene purposes to have 72 hours of non-perishable food and on hand um, you know that's any canned goods things that just aren't going to spoil that don't require eyes in case the power goes out and then also having um, your essential medications that you need and then if you have anyone in your house that has functional needs what does that look like for them to be able to get out of the house and then if you have to Um, Go to a Red Cross shelter or if you have to evacuate, how are you going to move them just to be prepared for that situation?
2: And I'm sure you've seen, we were just talking off air, some of the uh, situations you guys find yourself in, in disaster relief. You don't know where you'll end up, but just kind of go where the need's at. And that could be local, that could be, you know, further stretched out across the country. But have you seen people with these preparation kits and, and seen the benefits of that and seen that kind of go full circle I see a family who maybe they were down in the basement for two or three days, they couldn't get out, you know, for whatever reason from, from poor weather or this and that, and uh, it, it worked out for them.
0: And very much so and especially for people who live in areas where they uh, where their roads may flood because they had flashlights on hand because they had food on hand and they were prepared it was easier for them to stay in their house because we all have to be prepared to shelter in place um, up for 72 hours because when there is a large disaster that goes on um, if you think about it the emergency services they're spread thin and they may not get down to your road to clear it for a couple of days and especially with the ice storm in um, a couple of our more rural counties that we cover because we cover 10 counties in the um, middle Tennessee or heart of Tennessee as we like to call it. So you um, these families were better prepared and they knew what to do. And especially with the last rain that we had down in Bedford County, um, there were a couple of families where they knew that their area that their yards flooded and all that and that they would be cut off. So they did evacuate and they did have family that they could go stay with. So that's another thing too, is take a look at that. Where would you go? You know, what will what will be your next steps in the planning? And even you can get your kids involved in this, you can make it a game of, hey, and you know, let's build a kit. And that can be that can look like anything. It can be a crate it can be a backpack and we teach kids in schools um, we call it our pillowcase program to build a kit in a pillowcase because it's easy it's it's accessible and Keep it in an area where you can grab and go. Now, mind you, if you have a house fire, you don't wanna grab that kit. You you wanna make sure that you, that you just get out. And that's the main thing when it comes to a house fire. But when it's a event that we know that the weather is coming, just take a look at those. Um, the other thing too for adults, make sure that you have copies of your important papers. Have those on hand, drop them on a flash drive or a jump drive, put them in your kit, just so you know that you have them because if something happens and your house is destroyed how are you going to prove who you are? And that is such a huge thing these days. It's like if your driver's license is gone, um, you know your birth certificates are gone. So if you have that, a copy of it somewhere, at least you can, you know, prove who you are.
2: And I mentioned, uh, you know, folks, if if there's bad weather to kind of go down in the basement, showing my roots because I, you know, grew up up north and down here, not a lot of basements. Uh, most no. houses down here don't have basements. So uh, in that case, where are some good places for folks to go if there's a tornado? If there's bad weather, uh, you don't want to be where there's windows. No glass, but kind of tell us so folks can maybe think about that at home.
0: So when we have tornado warnings and watches, and it's always a good thing to know the difference between a watch and a warning. You know, a watch means we it we're setting up, like the weather pattern is setting up for that, and a warning means you need to get to your safe place. That is any interior room in your house. If you have a basement that is 100% great. Um, Get into that basement because um, not many houses in Middle Tennessee have them. Um, If you have a large crawl space underneath your house that you can get into safely, um, yes, go to that. But if you don't have that, never stay on the second story. Always come down to the first floor and the most interior. That could be a hallway closet, it can be a bathroom. Um, And then when the weather starts to get bad, Put some supplies in that room put some water Um, bicycle helmets that i've seen that is becoming a big thing have that on because if the windows blow in and things um shoes Uh, believe it or not we see so many people that just run out without shoes and that is a dangerous situation because there's you know down tree branches there's power lines there's water there's glass there's debris so just make sure you've got some shoes in that bathroom or closet space too
2: One of the things we wanted to discuss for the month of October is fire uh, prevention. So, you know, what are some different things that come up where folks will go through that? We'll have a fire at the house and they'll say, you know, I didn't think about this. Or I'm sure you see reoccurring instances where where certain things will happen that folks just kind of let slip by. What are some of those things folks can can think
0: about? Um, So in the South, um, we fry a lot of food. We like to fry a lot of food. Don't ever walk away from that. Most of the fires that we see start in the kitchens. Don't walk away. So when you're cooking, stay in that kitchen. And you know, as moms and dads were busy, the kids come home and there's all this activity and it's homework and getting out the door for sports. But if you're cooking anything on the stove, don't walk away because it just happens in an instant. And so if you do have to walk away, turn off that stove, move the pan off to the side so it doesn't catch fire because it will go very quick. The other thing too that we see a lot of is people plugging space heaters into power surges power strips don't do that plug them into the wall because the power surge um they're they're not set up to carry that load so make sure all those things are plugged into the wall and then keep everything three feet away from that space heater um, because it doesn't take a lot for the clothing to catch fire um, in that instance and then main thing candles um, make sure you put them out um, put them up high um so they're not knocked over and just you know, just be careful with them
2: and in case of a fire, just a few more minutes left, Emily Gerard joining us from the American Red Cross. We're talking disaster preparation. In the case of a house fire, again, this isn't something you can really rehearse. You can kind of talk about it with the family, but when it happens, it's just a different animal. What do you need to do? Uh, you have animals in the house. You have kids. You have the parents, the family, a full family. What do you need to do?
0: So the main thing about it is is to practice beforehand. Um, you need to uh, have a plan in place and practice that plan. So that means teaching your kids how to get out of a room, how to go... You know get low and crawl out um because when your smoke alarms go off and that's another big thing make sure you test those smoke alarms make sure you're changing those batteries and um, you have two minutes you you really have less than two minutes and if you think about it if you're waking up in the dead of the night to a smoke alarm that lessens it because you're like okay what is going on make sure that you have a place set up for your family to meet And then once you guys are outside don't ever go back in Um, just and even if there's somebody inside when the fire department shows up you can tell them who is left inside and usually for animals um, dogs and cats will kind of find their way out but please don't go back in to get them i know how much they mean to people my dog means the world to me but please don't go back in Um, and just make sure you have a space to meet so your so your family knows, or your the people that you live with know. So you can do a head count, just like with what schools do with fire drills. You know, everybody goes out along the fence line, and then they they count the students. So it's a very important part of it.
2: We mentioned having the preparation kits ready to go in case of poor weather and asking, you know, you see that come full circle. Somebody who who deals with that, uh, you've mentioned, you know, you go out there and you say, well, this family was prepared and here's how they were able to survive. And, and, um, you know, that's very important. On the other side of the spectrum with house fires, how many times do you guys see a fire or, you know, maybe hear about it and it's because they didn't have the smoke alarms and think, well, maybe that could have made a difference?
0: Quite a bit. Um, It's it's a huge thing it's such a small thing but we do hear that a lot and we do do free smoke alarm installs um, all they need to do is get a hold of us at the Red Cross office and we can set that up for you um, and come and do it and um, so if it's cost prohibitive for your family please don't live without that um, we have the free program that we can um, come and install them for you and and take care of that
2: all righty. Well, awesome stuff. Uh, always great to catch up with you. I know Tyra's going to be joining us a little bit later on in the month. We're going to be talking about blood donations, kind of the other half of what you guys do. But uh, uh, so much uh, can be done by just giving you guys a call and, and seeing what's available. The free smoke alarms, asking about these preparation kits and just kind of being on top of what you guys are doing could save could save a life, could save uh, you know some really poor situations from happening by just being prepared. Um, and so much of what you guys do is volunteer driven. So talk briefly about that. What folks can do from a volunteer standpoint. Um, you mentioned disaster relief. Does that mean you're traveling across the country? Is there more stuff locally for folks who maybe can't travel? I know you guys are always looking for those volunteers. Uh,
0: so our volunteer base is is big, and we always need more volunteers. So the the work of the Red Cross is 91% done by volunteers. It's very little paid staff. And Tara and I are the paid staff for the chapter here in um, Murfreesboro. But if you can't travel out, that's fine. Because we have a lot of disasters um, that happen within the Rutherford County area. And also in our outside areas. And we respond to single-family home fires. We go into schools and we teach uh, preparation. Um, we teach adults preparation. We have uh, folks that can go out and get our feeding So when we do have large disasters, we have logistics, which uh, is moving our trailers and taking care of our vehicles. We have facilities. Um, If you want to volunteer, we have a space for you.
2: And, you know, volunteers come in all shapes and sizes. So somebody who's older, somebody who's younger, I think everybody kind of has their own skill set they can bring to the table. And, uh, you know, you guys will be able to utilize all that.
0: Very much so. We have volunteers as young as 16, and we have one, um, I think he's 93 now. So if you have the desire to volunteer or would like to, um, even um, if you have functional needs, please come, because we have a space for everyone. It's like I tell anybody who starts volunteering with us, if you have the heart, I'll give you the knowledge.
2: And tell us a good way to contact you guys, and if there's any social media, websites, things like that you want to mention so folks can stay in touch. Sure.
0: If they would like to volunteer, you can actually, you can find a lot of information Information on our redcross.org um, there is a volunteer tab and then there's also more information on um, the be red cross ready and all of that and then um, you can reach me at uh, emily.gerard that's g-i-r-a-r-d at redcross.org
2: All righty, Emily. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We've learned a lot. Hopefully, we've uh, taught the listeners a thing or two. And again, this is, uh, you know, fire prevention month. You should be ready for that. And again, the crazy part of the year weather-wise. So be ready for the tornadoes, for the thunderstorms, for the flooding. Um, And, you know, that's all you can do is be prepared. And you guys will certainly be able to help folks with that. Yes, thank you. All righty, thank you so much. We're going to chat with our friends from Greenhouse Ministries coming up next as they have a little bit of a party planned for you when that new building opens up here in about a month. We're going to talk about that coming up on the other end of this break. You're listening to your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS.
3: City. We are here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and our family would love to help your family take care of your pets. If the heat and humidity has you spending lots of time indoors these days, we have all of the things you need to relax at home with a calming aquarium. Here at Animal City, we have both saltwater and freshwater fish, and an experienced staff that can help you take great care of either. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
2: Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Family Restaurants. In December, Demas' will be here for 32 years. My parents started this restaurant. They wanted a place that was affordable, that people can come and be able to celebrate their special occasions or be with their family. And we have strived to keep things the same as what they have created it. We encourage you to come and try Demas' Restaurant at 1115 Northwest Broad Street. That's Demas' Restaurants.
3: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Talk
2: Radio WGNS, putting the power of your free speech into action on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Alrighty, folks, welcome back in as we kick off now our second segment here on the action line. Right now, the time 8:25 is Philip Street and his wife Bridget joining us from Greenhouse Ministries and the Garden Patch. Guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. So, um, Miss Cliff this morning, so we figured we'd get you guys in and uh, talk Greenhouse and let folks know what's going on with the Garden Patch, of course. So, um, wanted to start off and, and kind of talk to you guys a little bit about the new building. We always want to get the update on the new building, and you guys are throwing a little party in November, so tell us about that.
4: Yes, we are. Um, We're very excited Um, in November. uh, We started November of last year, our new facility, um, and then this November uh, we plan on moving in. To celebrate that on November 15th, uh, we'll be having a street fair um, at our new building location. Uh, We'll have a carnival type atmosphere. We're going to have some street performers. Uh, We'll have live music, food trucks. Um, tickets are available on our website at GreenhouseMen.org, um, as well as you can swing by a garden patch and pick up a hard ticket if you prefer that. Um, with every ticketed entry, you'll get a free T-shirt um, and a lot of fun uh, for everybody to enjoy. And that night we'll also be doing some tours of our new facility. Um, we'll be about 95% complete at that point. Uh, let everybody have a look and see uh, what all great things we got coming up in the next year in the new facility.
2: Absolutely awesome. So as we were getting started this morning, I mentioned you guys would be on and we got a listener question asking about the old building. Now we've talked with Cliff about this, I think a few weeks ago and he kind of gave us the rundown. But uh, for our listeners who didn't catch that segment, The old building is kind of neat, kind of a little historic little building for you guys. You guys have been there for a little while. So what's the plan with the old building as you segue across the street into the new building?
4: Yeah, so the uh, old building will serve two purposes, and I'll let Bridget talk about kind of the store expansion. We'll be using it to expand our current thrift shop, um, and then as well as we'll have a client store. Currently, um, as our clients come in, we kind of get what they need um, and go pick it out for them. The new... uh, the new facility they'll see the counselors across the street in the new building and then come across to a client store and actually get to pick out their own clothes food and so so forth in that facility as well but I'll let Bridget talk about kind of some store expansions uh, that we'll be doing in our current facility
3: yes we're very excited we're hoping um, to get a jump on the expansion pretty soon we've already started Uh, we were able to expand last year into some of our office areas So that allowed us a little growing room, but we're still just bursting at the seams. So we've expanded into our warehouse twice already. And so uh, when the counselors, when our administrative staff goes across the street, we'll be taking those walls down and expanding the thrift shop um, to grow a little bit more, Um, hopefully to have a better section for children, a better section for men, expand our shoes, our decorative items. So we're very excited that that's on the horizon.
2: Absolutely awesome. So more space to grow, more space to serve the community and help folks, of course. And I was just mentioning uh, last weekend, I actually went by and got some new furniture and that from you guys. And it worked out because as as a guy, I don't have a great sense of style. So I walked in and there was these two couches and a rug and a table kind of all in the same little section I said I'll just take that little corner piece and make that my living room so um, talk about how folks can can come in and, and donate furniture because what I got was some really nice stuff uh, and a great price and you guys were open and, and you know help me get it out the door and all that so for folks who might have some things at home they're looking to donate do you guys pick the furniture up do they need to take it to greenhouse
3: well a little of both uh, we are open from don for donations if people would like to bring them in we're open from uh, 9 30 till 5 Tuesday through Friday and Saturday 9 to 12. Uh, We also do have a box truck. We have a man on our staff, Bill Martin. If anybody has furniture they would like for us to come pick up, they can call Greenhouse, ask to speak to Bill, and he will schedule a pickup. I think right now we're running about two weeks out, but we have been very, very blessed. We've had a lot of really nice furniture come in recently. Uh, we have an awesome decorator that comes in Ginger she stages the store for us and we try to rearrange things keep things fresh make things look nice try to put our best foot forward we are run 100% on donations so anything that we get we try to be very responsible with and um, we just thank the community for their generosity because it means everything to us
4: I think an important thing you know, also for our donors to know is all the money stays right in Rutherford County and supports our ministry to help people. Uh, So if you choose Greenhouse as a place to donate, um, you're certainly helping people right here in our community. Um, Everything I like to tell people, everything we have is for sale and everything we have is for giving away, uh, depending upon the need of the particular person. Um, And we're happy that uh, the community is so generous. To put it in perspective, we get about... 500,000 pounds worth of donations every year between food, household items, etc. The community is extremely generous um, and very supportive.
2: Absolutely awesome. So you mentioned 500,000 pounds of, of furniture. What was that, like four beds Because those things are heavy. Do you <laughs> guys are ever are get those and heavy. have to move those around? Is that something that comes through often? Those things are heavy. They are very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about the ANGEL program and some of the things you guys do to help folks out um, and you know give back in the classes that you guys are offering, which is going to be moving across the street for more space. But um, how do folks reach out to you, and maybe they want to volunteer and help out with that, or maybe they need some assistance?
4: Yeah, so, uh, you know, We're dependent upon our volunteers. We're dependent upon about 500 volunteer hours a week. Um, So every Thursday at 10 o'clock, we have a volunteer orientation. So people can just simply stop by Greenhouse um, at 10 o'clock on any Thursday um, in a given week um, and attend the orientation and see what opportunities exist. But pretty much anything you can think of. um, If you have a heart for volunteering and serving, we can use you. The ministry itself, um, as we expand across the street, our class offerings will also expand. We currently, um, to put it in perspective, um, our counseling services, we have three cubicles in a hallway, so not very personal and not very private. Um, The new facility will have eight private offices where we can really uh, start diving in and establishing better relationships with our clients. And the classroom space, in the new facility is very awesome. Uh, We're gonna go from a building with one uh, cramped classroom space um, to five very large spacious uh, classrooms. This building's not only gonna be used for greenhouse, but we want it to be a community building as well. If you have uh, civic groups or other organizations that want to meet and utilize our facility, we're happy to accommodate that as well. But we offer classes ranging from sewing, cooking, anger management coping skills parenting skills budgeting computer class bible class and others um, on a weekly basis and um, our attendance um, you know last year with covid uh, we had had to kind of shut that program down uh, this year it's been thriving we've had over 700 students this year uh, come through our classes so it, it's going very well
2: absolutely awesome joining us this morning philip and his wife, Bridget Street. And uh, of course, with Greenhouse Ministries and the Garden Patch and kind of giving us our lowdown today on Friday. We missed Cliff this morning, but uh, getting some great information from you guys. So happy to have you on and just wanted to give you a few minutes to wrap up any final thoughts. And uh, again, thank you guys for coming on.
3: Christmas, (laughs) we have a ton of Christmas items in our store. We're very excited. Um, We made some really beautiful displays and we would just love for people to come in and look at what we have. Um, like we said the donations that we receive each item is inspected we look at everything that comes in Uh, we have a lot of small appliances things like roasting ovens crock pots if anybody's looking for anything extra for Thanksgiving bakeware um, pots and pans anything like that utensils and again Thanksgiving and Christmas we are set and ready to go
2: All righty. And the the shop is always decorated kind of based on the seasons. Are you guys doing Halloween? Have you moved to Thanksgiving and Christmas? Where are we at?
3: We have a tiny bit of Halloween. Uh, We have some fall that we still have in the store. But we've um, already started putting our Christmas out. In fact, uh, we had a team in there on Monday. We took everything off the shelves and started putting Christmas in and just decorating, making it a festive place. Hopefully a happy shopping experience for everybody to come in.
2: All righty. Well, thank you guys so much for your time this morning. Any final
4: thoughts from you, Philip, as we uh, wrap up this morning? Yeah, just real quick. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to the great team at Greenhouse. We have a lot of great employees. We have a lot of great volunteers. um, And then certainly a very generous community. And just wanted to say thank you for all the support uh, from the team there at Greenhouse, our volunteers, and the community to make all this happen. All righty, that was Philip and Bridget Street joining us from Greenhouse Ministries and the Garden Patch.
2: Guys, always a pleasure to catch up and uh, speaking on the behalf of Rutherford County. We're lucky to have you guys and uh, you guys do some awesome stuff. So uh, anytime you guys wanna come hang out and and join us, you're always welcome. Thank you. All righty, guys. We're gonna wrap up our second segment and move along now in just a few minutes as the folks from Magnolia Medical are joining us. We're gonna be talking about the Middle Half Marathon and a little bit more, so stick around. That's gonna be coming up in just a few minutes.
0: It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner, and we salute our veterans.
2: Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088.
5: WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who served in the Marines. Andrew Farr, Marine
1: Combat Veteran. I was born in Nashville, grew up in uh, New Hampshire, Uh, went to boarding school, went to college, and then uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. Did four years, three combat tours, and then got out in 2008. A combat veteran is not an easy job. No,
2: it wasn't when I was in. Not for the Vietnam vets, uh, not for Korea.
3: Right. World War One, World War Two. Those guys had a rough, and I, I did have a rough, but not as not as bad as those guys.
1: Well, that's that's true, and I think it's because society as a whole is becoming more aware of what we're asking yes. of our military personnel. You said you did three tours. That was uncommon in back Vietnam. then. Vietnam, you did one tour, two tours, that was it. But now we have guys doing three, five, six, six seven. I known a guy who did eight tours. Uh, we did the Democratic vote in '05 okay. in Iraq. We were part of that. 2006, eh, not so much humanitarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007, definitely humanitarian. We actually helped out Bangladesh in '07 when they had that micro-tornado. We gave them food and water and, and uh, helped them uh, recover bodies from the mess.
4: I think that our foreign policy in particular is asking a lot of the men and women yes, sir, of this country. I agree. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle.
5: This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio.
0: Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After
1: disaster strikes.
0: Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back
1: to normal quickly. Restoration RestorationOneMiddleTennessee.com.
3: Locally and veteran. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com.
5: You take steps to stay healthy. When at the pharmacy, picking up vitamins or filling a prescription.
3: May I help you?
5: Take another healthy step right now and ask the pharmacist how Prevnar 13 can help protect you from pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease. If you're 65 or older, a trip to the pharmacy is a lot more pleasant than a trip to the hospital because of pneumococcal pneumonia. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM-197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Stop by the pharmacy today and ask about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Old friends,
4: new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering
5: a new generation of banking in Rutherford County but will always remain a community
4: bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
2: Alrighty folks, welcome back in As we promised, we had a 3-4 for you today So our third guest this morning We're just kind of going all around the map Learning just a little bit more about our community And some of the great things going on Our third guest this morning joining us Is uh, owner of Magnolia Medical Also chiropractor Dave Morris Dave, good morning
1: morning. How are you
2: doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. And so you were just the last person out the door. Still a pretty good start to the day. It looks beautiful out there.
1: It's a beautiful
2: day for sure. Yeah, it's that good fall weather. We love that. So uh, for folks who are joining us last hour for Swap and Shop, those uh, yard sales and that are piling up this weekend. So it'll be a good weekend for that, of course. And uh, that'll be right during the middle half marathon, which is going on. So I was telling folks before you came on that you guys have a little part in this that I think is uh, going to entice folks to run that 13 miles and maybe help them out after they get into running the 13 miles. Maybe a little before, a little bit maybe after. Tell us what your guys's part's going to be tomorrow for the middle half marathon.
1: We're going to have at the at uh, the end of the marathon for those people who really. Uh really put their full effort forward and, uh, and all their best feet forward. We're going to be doing uh, uh, massages and stretching for the runners at the end. So we've got our staff, we've got some rehab techs and some massage therapists that are going to be there at the end of the marathon to help take care of the runners and uh, stretch them out and give them a little pampering after they beat themselves up for 13.1 miles. So uh, we've done this a few times now with the middle half and it's always been well received. And uh, so we're excited about that. We'll have our staff out there helping people
2: absolutely awesome so you know my my part in this is i like to talk to people about the marathon and promote the marathon but if you had me at the marathon uh you know the 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 little uh carts that they pick you up and run you off on like the old old ambulance that that would be what I'd be doing I'd get about a mile and a half up the road and they'd have to come get me I wouldn't even make it to the end to get the massages and the stretching done so um, brave souls I'd like to say are the ones who are running that uh, half marathon and that's going to be tomorrow looks like we'll have some great weather for that so what got you guys involved in the middle half marathon do you have anybody at the office who's going to run and how did that all come about how did they say hey maybe you know you guys could be a part of this and and a key uh, component
1: Uh, We do have one of our staff is running in it. Uh, We've had in the past, we've had three at at times three or four staff running in it. This year, there's just one. Um, And... You know, we we want to give back to the community and we want to help people with their performance, not just sports performance, but in life. It's our it's our mission to help people and uh, and get them back to the point where they can perform well. And when somebody's taken on the task of running 13.1 miles, uh, we figure we can give back and go out there and help stretch those people out. So it's just a nice way to give back to those people that are going to go out there and uh, and take part in that run tomorrow.
2: So how many years have you guys been involved? Is this year three, year four?
1: We've done we've done this about four times now. Okay. So.
2: Very cool. And what kind of got you involved in that? Are you uh, are you yourself a runner? Did somebody approach you with the idea? Was this something that you maybe thought of? And
1: You know, we are always looking at, at ways to give back to the community. You know, it, it's not always in sports, things like that. Yesterday, we were at a local business, large local business in Smyrna, and we were doing what we call a pamper day. We, were, we had a couple massage therapists there. Uh, I guess today's Friday, so it was, that was Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we had about 30 of their employees, and we did some chair massages for them and just go throughout the day and and you know people are are, there you know today in today's day and age there's just so much of our time is so compressed and it doesn't feel like people care and we want to be able to give back so we're at a local business on Wednesday we actually are invited to go back to this business uh next Wednesday I believe and 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 do this for a few more of their employees we've been to done the same thing for most of Rutherford County Schools uh Murfreesboro City Schools for the teachers administrators and the and the people that work at the schools and So we like going out and and getting to know the people in our community. So that this is just one of those things. You know, you and I were talking before uh, during the commercial break. We're going uh, uh, to do cooking a build this year, the chili cook off in November. So that's a way to give back, supporting charity in the area. And we've done. Um, Habitat for Humanity. We've done a couple of builds with Habitat for Humanity, got our whole staff together and, and go build a couple homes. So it's just nice to give back and it's nice to get to know people in the community as well. Also, we want people to know us. We don't know people, we need people to know what our mission, our vision, our values are um, because uh, people need to get help and they need to know where to go.
2: So on the day-to-day, you know, you guys might be out there and uh, folks might find you stretching the runners, giving massages, the, the pampering days at different places in our area, or maybe doing the chili cook-off. What do you guys do on the day-to-day? What's a day-to-day look like in the office and how do folks schedule appointments and learn more about you?
1: Sure. Well, Magnolia Medical is, uh, we're a, a fully med- uh, integrated medical clinic and, and what that means, we've got different providers of different provider types that work under one roof uh, on on the patient. So when somebody comes to see us, we're, we, we practice active listening. You know, that's if somebody said, what do you do during the day? Um, you know, one of the things that we do a lot of is we, we listen, we, we wanna know what's really going on with somebody and by listening and doing the proper evaluation and by bringing the team together on a patient, we are, our goal is to help people um, get well get their life back, improve in their ability to live their lives and do the things they wanna do um, without the use of drugs and surgery. So, uh, on a day-to-day basis, we do a lot of physical rehabilitation. Uh, I'm a chiropractor. Chiropractics one of the things that we do, but uh, we're a medical clinic. We have three, uh, two nurse practitioners, a physician's assistant, a medical doctor overseas. We have a certified holistic health coach, uh, massage therapist, therapy assistants. We're, we have 19 staff and and our whole intention is to try to help somebody improve and get better without the use of drugs and surgery. So that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, there's uh, Um, there's lots of there's i have nothing against modern medicine however the united i've asked literally over 10,000 people this question and over a thousand different providers uh the question do you think we live in a healthy country and nobody ever says yes nobody not not one time has anybody ever said yes that we live in a healthy country yet um in 2018 some statistics are that in the world the world spent 8.1 trillion dollars on healthcare in 2018 the united states spent 3.6 trillion of that so we spent nearly half of all the dollars on healthcare spent in the world and yet nobody thinks we're getting what we should out of it, you know, because we're not ranked very well as a healthy country. So it's our mission to try to, to truly change healthcare, And that's really our, our goal is to do that without the use of drugs and surgery whenever possible. Those things are needed for sure. But how can we avoid those whenever possible?
2: Dr. Dave Morris from Magnolia Medical joining us this morning. And we're talking about uh, the middle half marathon. Their part in that is they're going to be helping out some of those runners by stretching, massaging, and uh, of course the chili cook off coming up. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But, you know, a generational thing. I know, you know, for maybe looking back to my parents and my grandparents, maybe, um, you know, a lot of these things weren't available to them. And a lot of these things, if you were sore, if you had a headache, take an aspirin, take some medication, and it kind of piles up. And when you think about it, you know, you mentioned a lot of folks don't necessarily see this country as a healthy country, probably because of all the medical. And a lot of that is maybe necessary for certain things, but um, tell us maybe a, a, a story about somebody who you helped, who maybe was one of those every day two Tylenol when I get off of work, and every you know day do this and that, and you help them out. Maybe you got them in a better spot, and now they can live a more natural life.
1: Uh, I had a uh, one that comes to mind is that we had a lady who she was um, uh, she was in her early seventies, and she came in and she she had some uh, neuropathy in her feet. And legs, and she was to the point where she was really losing her independence. Unable to, to to drive comfortably, couldn't feel the pedals in the car anymore, and couldn't sleep because the sheets on her on the bed would bother her feet. And um, when all said and done, through some active listening and whatnot, we found out that the thing that she really wanted to do was to be able to go. Shopping at the mall for Christmas for her grandkids, like she just could not walk around the mall, mm. and uh, she was told nothing could be done. She said, "Look, you have neuropathy. There's nothing can be done for those nerves." And um, I have a book sitting on my uh, sitting on my bookshelf in my office. That sh- there's uh, over three thousand studies that show nerves can regenerate, but most of the time people are told there's nothing can be done for neuropathy. So that's one of the things that we're really good at, and. She came in and through some, some cutting edge treatments and modalities, were actually able to get her to a point where she was driving comfortably, she could feel the pedals in the car, so that actually makes the community safer. And she was able to go shopping in the mall with her grandkids. So uh, those are really rewarding things when people, especially when people have been told nothing can be done. That's not everybody that comes to us has been told that, but a lot of things where where really they've done modern medicine and lots of different medications. She was on uh, lots of gabapentin and, th- and things like that. And we were able to really help her through lots of different modalities and get them back to living their life. Our, our goal is to kind of open doors again. People close their doors on their life, on the things they do, and if we can open them back up so they can say, oh, here's, here's living again.
2: So you guys mentioned you're gonna be opening a new location. Tell us where you're located now. Where's the new location at? And if somebody wants to come in and talk to you guys, they say, this sounds neat. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, Maybe they know somebody who's struggling with, with a similar issue. Uh, can they just come in and talk to you guys? Can they sit down and, and just have a face-to-face and learn sure. more about what you do?
1: We have uh, what we call a case manager who sits down and can interview patients but and, and just find out what's going on with them so that we can make sure we're doing the right thing for them, we don't wanna waste anybody's time or their money or their insurance company's money, but uh, certainly people can come see us. Our, we actually just moved into our new location. We were on Robert Rose Drive right near the mall and our location was uh, cramped for parking, great place. We've been there and uh, had some great neighbors over on Robert Rose Drive for since uh, 2012 we've been there Uh, but we moved over off Gateway in the uh, Ascend Federal Credit Union building now so we're on the first floor there uh, right near the hospital so we're, we're really happy lots of parking really great new space lots of windows it's very open and airy and some state of the art equipment to really help people we deal with people that have like chronic pain, like mm-hmm. if, if somebody said, what do you guys do, what do you guys, there, there's two aspects to what we do is is we help people with responsible pain management and with functional metabolic medicine. So people with chronic metabolic disorders like thyroid disease, diabetes, uh, we're able to really through the proper counseling and, and proper modalities help people get better when oftentimes their doctors are saying, look, I don't know what else to tell you,
2: mm-hmm. so- Dr. Dave Morris, our guest from Magnolia Medical. And, you know, so we're talking about maybe some folks who are a little bit further down the line of pain management, but they might, you know, be. Taking medication to deal with that pain management what about people who aren't there yet but they're thinking well this could be beneficial this could be preventative maintenance for lack of better term sure um, what are some benefits for somebody again maybe they're not you know in ailing pain maybe they they can get or maybe they work a physical job and they can do that fine they can be on their feet all day but are there benefits to um, you know get into some of this stuff maybe come and get a massage get your back checked out get stretched out does that benefit anybody
1: sure uh, I'll ask you this question if there was uh, if there was rust on the airplane wing when do you want to handle that? Right, you know, we you get know, it before you, when, it gets when, out of control. Sure, when when the wing falls off, or do you want to handle it before then? So, uh, it's obviously it's always better to handle something when it's not a big problem. Responsible pain management—that's uh, kind of a term that uh, that uh, a consulting group that we work with has has been has been promoting in their communities where they have clinics and uh, an interesting thing about that is to understand what responsible pain management is you would have to know what what it's not and Mm -hmm. that is somebody breaks a bone and the first thing they do is get prescribed an opioid you know Mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago Tennessee was the third most um, prescribed as far as opioids in the country Uh, United States consumes almost 90% of all the opioids produced on the planet and, uh, and it's, everybody knows somebody. I mean, everybody listening knows somebody who's been affected by that. So our goal is to say, okay, well, before you get to that point, why don't you try to do something about it before we get to a point of prescribing an opioid? And that goes to, you said, aspirin or Tylenol. You know, the FDA admits that 12 to 15,000 people a year die from acetaminophen or ibuprofen. So mm-hmm. Tylenol and Advil, that's 12 to 15,000. That's a fully loaded 737 falling out of the sky every six days and killing everybody on board, that's the same number of people, yet we don't even think twice about taking an aspirin or Tylenol. I'm not against those things, it's just that if you can do something to get your body to heal and repair, you should do that, you know? So, um, you know, that that's our whole mission. I mean, that's this is what we do every day, try to help people improve their life and stay out, get out of pain before it gets to be a too big a problem. Because when it gets really bad, oftentimes there those, those other modalities that we talked about, the pain management and surgeries can be the only option but we have had people were told hey there's nothing you can do and this is your route surgery and medication, and we've been, you know, even been able to help those people.
2: Just a couple minutes left, and we wanted to talk about the cooking to build the chili cook-off. But before we get there, for folks who you guys serve, is this something you come in every week and you schedule a time every week? Is this something where you could maybe call and schedule an appointment every couple of weeks, whenever you feel like you need it? How does that scheduling work for folks who come in? Is it worth it just to come in maybe once a month, even?
1: You know, we're we're not a. I have lots of friends that are chiropractors, and 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 there's lots of phenomenal chiropractors in this town but we're not a traditional chiropractor so we're not we're not trying to get somebody to come in on the maintenance schedule we do believe that's extremely important our goal is to find the problem fix the problem and then we'll, we'll discharge patients so everybody's different you know they're coming in with different problems and and different presentations and they have different diagnoses. so everybody's different and we evaluate every patient as an individual and we write a write a plan of an action for every person as an individual so that's a difficult question to answer and that we're trying to correct a problem mm-hmm. and then of course uh provide them information and education so they can maintain their body if you cut your finger and it didn't heal after a few weeks, you would think that's weird. Mm-hmm. You would be like, Well, that's strange. It didn't it's not healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't we don't think about it when it's on the inside and we can't see it. We're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you hurt your back and then two months later when it's still hurting, you're like, Okay, I guess I'm just stuck this way. Now this is how life's gonna be. Whereas if you you had it on the outside, you would go, Yeah, that something's wrong and you would go get it checked out. So if it's your back, you're having headaches, neck pain, knee pain, we're great with knees Uh, neuropathy like there's something that can be done you know you can do something about it so they can call our office for sure you know our phone numbers on our website magnolia medical centers They can call and just ask for get a consultation and if we don't think we can help we'll certainly tell you
2: absolutely love that and you mentioned you know the the idea isn't to to have somebody in there every other day for the rest of their life but to fix that problem and let them let them move on and um, you know hopefully just just have you guys there for when they need you and get that problem fixed um, but not to, you know, and a lot, of, a lot of times when you get prescribed medicine, even they say, you know, this is going to be something you'll take for the foreseeable future, just make it a part of your routine. Not exactly the healthiest way to go, though. Um, so I, I think that, I think that's a good answer and, a, uh, you know, a good way to look at it. So we're going to see you guys out at the Middle Half Marathon tomorrow. Correct. Talk about the Cooking to Build Chili Cookoff. Now, you're not going to be cooking the chili, but somebody at the office will be preparing the chili. We don't know who that is yet. Uh, How would you guys get involved in this? And just talk a little bit about that, if you would.
1: Uh, you know, it's a, it's a local charity that does some wonderful things for the community and um, you know they sell the bowls and, and you get to go enjoy some great chili and and it's a great time of year to be out in the community too. So, um, you know, you, you nobody wants to be out cooking chili in the middle of the dead heat in July and August in middle Tennessee. So it, it's a great time of year to do an outdoor activity and and also just give back to the community. So, and again, you said, I'm not cooking the chili. Y'all should be very uh, appreciative that I'm not the one uh, cooking that chili there because uh, nobody would want that. It's it's a great fun activity to, to give back. You know, every year we do um, at Christmas time, we do it. Then my wife had come up with this years ago when we didn't even live in Tennessee. But a thing called undergarments under the tree. So we had had a Christmas party, and we said, "Look, your your ticket to the Christmas party was to bring uh, wrapped brand new undergarments that we can give to local shelter because uh, the the homeless don't really get underwear." t-shirts, socks, things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you guys had on Greenhouse Ministries, wonderful. We've donated to them. But it's something we do every year is to say, hey, listen, patients, uh, community members can bring in unwrapped uh, undergarments, obviously brand new, And so we can give them to local charity. And because of COVID, we didn't get to do that last year, but we're looking forward to getting back to doing that this year. We just want to be able to give back to our community. We want our community to be better and better and better. It's our mission to improve our community.
2: Absolutely awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun. We're just about out of time. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? And just wanted to thank you guys again for coming on. And I learned a little bit and I hope the listeners did as well. And we love what you guys are all about. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me.
2: All righty. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this morning?
1: Uh, you know, as, uh, we were talking about, just don't wait for the wing to fall off. If you don't want to come to our office, that's okay. Just find a provider that's willing to listen and get you well. And, and, you know, we, there's just too much, too many drugs, too much surgery happening that is unnecessary. And, and sometimes it is fine, but our, our, our mission is to help people get well without that. And, uh, and we, we love being a part of what you're talking about this morning. I listened to the two previous, uh, people trying to give back and educate the community. It's a big part of what
2: we do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, sir. We'll hope to see you again soon. It's been a lot of fun this morning. All right. Thanks, Nick. All righty. We got live music with Truman Jones coming up this morning for you, so stick around for that. We'll take a peek at news, weather, and traffic. Rutherford Issues in the 10 o'clock hour. We got a lot for you guys, so keep it here on your good neighbor station, News Radio WGNS.
5: At its worst, we're at our best. Talk
4: Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11.